Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun, the author of Press Into the Power. I hope you're enjoying this music that we have. Uh, This song is called Miracle from Sylvia Jones' latest music project, which is available online wherever music is sold or streamed. Or you can reach out to her on her website, www.sylviajones.com, helping you experience God's presence through contemporary worship. Listen, uh, before we get started today, I want to bring you just a quick note from our sponsor, Distinction Inc. Do you need custom t-shirts or hoodies? Look no further than Distinction Inc. From screen printing to embroidery, Distinction Inc. provides high-quality apparel and promotional items with stress-free customer service. Distinction Inc. also provides competitive pricing, especially for nonprofit organizations and churches. If you have any upcoming projects, they would love to earn your business and exceed your expectation. You can request a quote by visiting www.distinctioninc.com. Distinction Inc. We deliver results that make you say, wow. All right, let's get ready for the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. Hey, hey, I so appreciate you. Welcome back, Kip Nation. Welcome back, everyone. Thank God for your support of this podcast. Thank God for you allowing this podcast to be your favorite drive time podcast. I pray today that you are again sharing this podcast with all of your friends, all of your family, and all of your network. This podcast will help them if they listen and apply. That's just like the word of God. We listen, we read, we hear God's heart. And we apply. We apply the tools for our success. God gives us a toolbox to defeat the enemy. And that toolbox is in the word of God. So we have to take it at face value and believe God above all other things. Today I want to talk to you continuing in the mode of cancel culture. And I want to deal with the topic, cancel culture, defeating the enemy at his own game. Cancel culture, defeating the enemy at his own game. We're still talking about the New Testament church, but we are talking to the New Testament church of this era, of this postmodern era. And one of the most prevalent tools of the enemy and this postmodern era is called cancel culture. And I, I did a detailed analysis of what cancel culture is in an earlier podcast. So I'm not going to go over that again. I would ask that you start with the New Testament church and just listen through the respective podcasts, including the ones on cancel culture, so that you can develop a foundation for New Testament living but also a foundation for knowing that in Christ, we have the victory. In Christ, there is no weapon that is formed against us that shall prosper. In Christ, every tongue that is raised up against us in condemnation shall be condemned. 
in Christ, we shall defeat the enemy because the enemy was defeated by Jesus the Christ on Calvary's cross. And not only did he defeat the enemy, but he snatched the keys of the kingdom of darkness of, of hell and gave us eternal life. And with that eternal life, he brought us out of darkness into the marvelous light and into the kingdom of the light, which makes us children of the light. And if we are indeed children of the light, then we must bring light to this dark world. And we cannot be afraid to bring this light. We cannot be afraid to let this light shine through us. We cannot be afraid to allow the light to draw others to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. The light that is within us is greater than the darkness that is outside of us. And we must be fully persuaded in our hearts, in our minds, and in our souls that God is greater, that God is sovereign, and that God is fully in control of everything we see, everything we hear, everything we think, everything we feel, that God is in control, even if it seems like the world is closing in on us, it's only a test. It's only a test. And as believers, we have to become accustomed to taking tests because God tests his children. If you look up this concept of testing, you will see it all through the Bible. We have to be tested in order to pass and go to the next either level or dimension of our lives. We have to be tested in order to get stronger. We have to be tested to see if we are ready for the next in our life. Everyone talks today about what's my next. Well, you don't have a next until you pass the test. And so let's not put the cart before the horse. Let's pass the test. Let's pass the layered test because God will give us layered tests. He often tests us in our weakness. Now that sounds like an oxymoron. That sounds like, why would you test me when I'm at my weakest point? It's simple. In our weakness, his grace is sufficient because Christ is made strong. See, the ability to pass tests is not about you passing tests. It's about the God in us taking the test with us and giving us his, listen, all sufficiency to pass the test. So we must learn how to rely on God. It takes away from self-reliance. We must rely on God. We rely on God's word. We rely on God's power. That's why we pray so that we develop a relationship with God that lets us know that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. That's why we pray so that we have the authority to operate in the kingdom, in God's kingdom. You need authority and that authority increases with prayer. So you heard it. And if you haven't heard it, I learned this when I was young. More prayer, more power. Less prayer, less power. No prayer, no power. So we have to get to a place in our life where prayer becomes tantamount, critical mass, becomes important, becomes a significant part of our lives because we love God. And if we love him, 
then we will submit to him in prayer. Okay, so we're, we're on our way today. We're already warmed up. Let's get to this text and this word and let's let's see where we are. Okay, but what we don't want to be is afraid of cancel culture because God have not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love and a sound mind. So we cannot be afraid of the world. We cannot be afraid on our jobs. We cannot be afraid because we're surrounded by people who don't have the light. A matter of fact, if God puts you in a predicament where you're surrounded by people who don't have the light, it is a golden opportunity to show them or to demonstrate to them that our God is real. All right. So we want to practice our faith. So today we want to practice defeating the enemy at his game. We cannot water down or dilute the potency of scripture just because the world denies its necessity. The world tells us every day the Bible is an outdated book. The Bible is no longer relevant. The Bible was written by white men. The Bible was is inaccurate. The Bible is, you know, there's just a plethora of different excuses as to the reason we shouldn't read the Bible. And none of them are plausible for those of us who really understand that all of those arguments have been put into the earth in order to cancel the potency or the necessity of the Bible. And we're not going to let the world cancel the book that's been around for thousands of years, even when it was in pieces of parchment, not put together. It was the word of God from the book of Genesis that created everything. God said, let there be. So there's spoken word and there's written word, but he spoke it before he wrote it. And so, yes, at the beginning of the world, there was no Bible, but there's always been a word. There's always been a word. So when we're talking about the Bible, we must declare that the Bible is the word of God. And if it is the word of God, then it has the same power it had during the creation and the formation of the earth. So let me be honest with you. We need the word as a light into our pathway and a lamp into our feet. There's no transformation in our personal lives. In other words, we don't change after salvation unless there's a study of God's word. We get saved. The spirit of the Lord uh, comes inside of us and dwells in us. But we need the word to begin a transformation of something that's been in us because we've operated in the flesh for so long. We need now to learn how to operate in the spirit. We must allow the word to be our guiding principle force. Even if no one around you or in your inner circle believes in its effectiveness. It's not about what other people believe. It's about what you believe. The word of God has power. It always has, always will, and it's working in our lives right now. So in order to stand in a cancel culture society we must learn two things we must learn how to stand alone and we must learn how to stand on the principles of scriptures now when i say alone i mean physically alone spiritually we are never alone god will never leave you nor forsake you he will be with you always even until the end of the world so if you're a believer 
You're a believer because God lives in you. So in that vein, we are never alone. Let me tell you something else about scripture. Scripture is truth and truth does not need validation. In other words, I don't need, you don't need the affirmation of the word to believe that it's true. If you live the word, you will see truth manifest through the word and truth manifest in you. Truth can stand on its own. So I want to take you to Luke chapter 4. We're going to read it from the Message Bible today. But let's watch Jesus stand on truth as he speaks truth to power. Because that's something the New Testament church that we have to learn to speak truth to power. We can't be milly mouth for the rest of your life. We have to speak truth to power. We can't be afraid for the rest of your life. All right. So watch this. Here's some questions I want to make sure that we answer today. How did Jesus become so adept at cancel culture? How did he use cancel culture against the enemy? What are the tools necessary for kingdom cancel culture? And we gave you two of those already prayer and the reading and studying of God's word. Okay. So I want to even show you through scripture and through life that we're always going in and out of tests and you should have heard this before but we are we're always going in and out of tests we're we're either going into a test we're either taking a test or we're getting ready for a test and so i want to before jesus goes into the wilderness and i want to really take your time and, and let you hear this but i want you to know that he was baptized by his cousin john And immediately the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Well, at the onslaught of God giving Jesus a designation as he gives him a word of affirmation, as he declares who he is and gives him the power through the power of the Holy Spirit to carry out the message of the gospel, the message of the kingdom, he immediately enters a test. When we are on points of high points in our life, we have to get in our head and in our spirit that we are now candidates for a test. So with every mountain peak in your life of success, of greatness, of power, there has to be a confrontation of that of the valley. You've heard it in scripture. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil for thy rod and thy staff comfort me. We are always passing through valleys. And usually we take tests in the valleys at our lowest ebb. And these tests may use the enemy, but they are not concocted by the enemy in the sense that he has sovereignty over our lives. God only allows the enemy access to our lives because he has confidence in his word, confidence in our relationship that we will conquer and defeat the enemy. We saw this with Adam and Eve. God gave them everything, everything that they needed that pertains to life and godliness. And but we understand this, that if any man will live godly, he or she 
will suffer persecution. It is just the nature of the beast. It is the nature of the game. It is the nature of the kingdom. We have to prepare to take tests. His was in the garden against Satan. He failed. Satan used three ploys. The pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. Here again, he comes at Jesus. Remember, Jesus is referred to as the second Adam, and he uses the same tools. Let's examine, let's explore, and let's understand that these tests are given by God, not for our failure, but for our success. These tests allow the enemy to come and try to cancel your power and cancel your authority, but God gives you everything, the word of God, a two-edged sword, able to divide asunder soul and spirit, bone and marrow. We have the tools. We have the weaponry. Let us use it. So Jesus was led by the spirit. This is Luke chapter four. And I'm mixing between the new King James version and the message Bible. Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So he was led up by the spirit. He was led by the spirit. He was led by the spirit. What am I saying? I'm saying it wasn't Jesus. It wasn't not Jesus getting himself in trouble. It was an actual test that God introduced to us by Jesus going to the wilderness and fasting. All right. So the first thing he did, he denied the flesh, but he went into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. I'm going to read it from, again, Luke 4, 1 and 2. Now, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, you see that, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit, the same Spirit that was in him, was leading him. And that's how we have to walk our lives every day. We need to be led by the Spirit. But for 40 days and 40 nights, he was tested by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. And when the time was up, he was hungry. Now, the devil playing on his hunger gave the first test. Since your God's son command the stone to turn into a loaf of bread. Again, here's the first test. The lust of the flesh. He's hungry. He appeals to his flesh. But God knows that Jesus has authority over his flesh. We must develop authority over our flesh. So here's what Jesus' response was when he says, if you're the son of God. And he's always testing, like, if you're the, all that, and you hear people say, if you're a Christian, then you shouldn't sin. No, we shouldn't sin, but we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And we have to be responsible to that. But we have to own up. Because if our sin is affecting other people, then we need to learn how to apologize and how to go to God to get the victory. But watch this. Jesus answered by quoting Deuteronomy. It takes more than bread to really live. In other words, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. There's our study. Okay. We have to study the word of God. We have to listen to the word of God. We have to hear the word of God. And then we have to utilize the word of God. All right. The next thing says the second test. Here's a test again. He's taking a test. Now, the first test was fasting. And then here we are again taking another test. So he's going in and out of revolving tests. And that's 
the context of our life. In and out of revolving tests. And we need to know how to pass it. So here we go again. Knowing how to pass the test is critical. How do we pass the test? We pass it with the word of God. But watch this. The devil takes him up. Jesus up into the holy city. Sets him on a pinnacle of the temple. The top of the temple. And said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Here again is the pride of life and the enemy is testing Jesus. He's actually telling him to jump. He's actually telling him to commit suicide. We, we're saying how was Jesus tested in every way we were tested. Here it is. Jump. And I don't know how many of you have ever been on a high building and in a high place and seemingly you felt like you needed to jump or heard a voice say jump. Well, that's the voice of the enemy. But we confront the enemy again with the word. Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Then here comes the third test. And again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and said to him all these things i will give you if you fall down and worship me that's the lust of the eyes everything that jesus could see he said i'll give it to you we cannot be tempted and canceled by the lust of our eyes we must have a love of god where he becomes the greatest thing or greatest inspiration for our eyes our eyes see the glory of God. Our eyes see our vision. Our eyes see our purpose. We cannot let the enemy have your eyes. Your eyes give you insight into discernment. We need our eyes and they can't be all bogged down on the lust of the eyes. All right. So then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only him only shall you serve let me say that again then jesus said to him away with you satan for it is written you shall worship the lord your god and him only you shall serve then the devil left him and behold angels came and ministered unto him when you pass the test god will minister to you god will bless you uh, the angels if you will come to congratulate you and to let you know that God has got your back. I want you to know that this world cannot cancel you. But you have, through the word of God, the power. Consistent reading of the word and prayer will give you the power to cancel the assignment of the enemy when he comes at you. So instead of being canceled, you do the cancel. Go on the offense and do the canceling. Once you have defended yourself, understand that you are now in a position to take care of the will of the Lord in your life. You have been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. Be sure to pick up a copy of my latest book. It is called Press Into the Power. But also make sure you go into the world and influence the nations. God bless. <music>